So tell me, can I still start up an Amazon business to this day and be profitable? <laughs> I thought Amazon's washed out, man. It's been around for forever, right? <laughs> yeah, look, it's, a, it's an interesting observation. And you being American, uh, you know, that's probably more the case because it's been so dominant in America that there are still parts of the world that are waking up to Amazon, which is amazing. Uh, look, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I'll put it into uh, perspective for you with a simple answer. We've been teaching it for three and a half years, which represents uh, around just less than uh, about 10% of Amazon's existence. So the very last 10% where, where people think it's over and our students have generated $500 million in sales on Amazon in that three and a half years. Um, so yeah, definitely not over. It's different to what it was a few years back, but it's still a very much a very exciting opportunity. Adam Hudson, everybody. That's uh, the, your Adam Hudson of reliable.education. Uh, the main sites uh, where you can find out everything else about him, about Amazon, about what his students are doing and how, how badly they're killing it. And also a Facebook uh, forward slash Reliable Education Academy. Anywhere else that you'd like to uh, have the listeners check out, check you out? Oh, yeah. If they, want, if they enjoyed today, you can also follow me on Instagram. So Adam Hudson Official and uh, come and follow me there. I do some daily inspiration and coaching. Um, so it's free. And if you like it, you can hang about. And if you don't, you can uh, leave. No problem. And that's Adam underscore, underscore, right? Hudson underscore official. Correct. For all those. Because I actually first was searching and I'm like, man, there are a lot of Adam Hudson's out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The underscores will get not Not many look like Ben Affleck though. So <laughs> you got that going. Uh, but when was kind of like that aha moment when you realized, you know, like I'm not working for the man. This is not me. I'm going to go out. I'm going to start up this business, this business. Next thing you know. Here we are. Oh, look, I think I was probably 15 years old when I first heard the term entrepreneur. And I remember asking someone, what, what's an entrepreneur? And they told me and I was like, that's my jam. That's what I want to do. I knew really early on, Miro, that I didn't want to have other people boss me, as your T-shirt says there. I just didn't like the idea of being told how I had to you know, do things and you know, ask somebody else for my money, that kind of stuff. So I knew real early on and, and, you know, I've been at it, I'm 45 now and I've been doing this since I was 19. So I've got 27 years experience. I think that is now. So it's, it's pretty, pretty solid journey. Yeah. Cause not many are ready at that point in time. So what made you, were you like raised a different way? Was it the Australian thing or what was it? <laughs> it's funny. I always get asked this and you know, I, I was in a Tony Robbins seminar when I was 25 and I was doing really well. By the time I was 25 already, I'd, I'd made my first million dollars and all that stuff. Um, and I started when I was 17. I went to this Tony Robbins event and I was like, um, oh my God, you know, like he, he sort of asked this question, what is your drive? And did this exercise. And I realized that my drive up until that time was an argument I had with my dad when I was a teenage kid, wow. you know, but probably being a smart ass. And my dad was saying, you know, uh, if you don't like the rules and you can go out of the house and make your own money. So at age 15, that's exactly what I did. And I just started, I, I just left and I said, I'm going to make more money than my dad. Now, my dad's not a bad guy or anything like that. It's just teenage rebellion. But my drive was to prove my dad wrong, that I could do it and I could do well. And, and then at age 25 or whatever it was around when I went to that Robin seminar, I, I thought that was pretty negative drive. So I've since changed it. But I think a lot of it just came to, I badly wanted to have my own freedom. I quickly worked out that you couldn't buy any of the things I wanted 
with uh, with what people were willing to pay me in a job. So I was like, I'm going to have to take this into my own hands. <laughs> so that's what I did. Well, how long did it take you to get that freedom? Because I guess not everybody's road is so you know perfect. Not this, not to say yours was, yours was, but um, I'm sure it took some struggle, and it was like that aha moment. Yeah, look, I mean, um, freedom is a very interesting term. I think people think that when you become a successful entrepreneur, you're just going to sit on the beach and money's going to roll in. Um, it doesn't, I mean, I've only had moments of freedom in my 25-year career in that sense, and those, been, those have been the months or perhaps a year between selling a company and going on doing something else. But there's no real freedom in, in, you know, in running a business other than the, the, that you get to set the rules, you know, but the flip side is you always have to take the blame when things go wrong. Um, and, you know, I think ultimately the ultimate freedom that people uh, imagine from, a, you know, when they think about being successful really comes when you've invested enough outside of your business activities into, you know, real estate or into safe and passive income sources. That's when it really becomes I'm now free. Um, from work and so on. So that, that's a bit further down the track for most people um, when they first begin. But the, certainly the, the feeling of freedom, it comes immediately the day you leave your job in terms of you, you're now in charge, you know. Yeah, be sure not to show anybody what's on the opposite side of the camera because <laughs> there's, there's no beach in front of you or anything like that. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah. But I guess uh, Amazon, you know, that's, that's something that's been tossed around a lot now. A lot of people bring it up, say that, you know, it's, it's, it's the key. It's the key to the future. Why, uh, what do you think, like, why, why Amazon and why now? You, you did all these different things, and why is this the one you're running with? Yeah, it's a good question. But the first 20 years of my entrepreneurial life, I sold services. So a lot of entrepreneurs gravitate towards services because they don't need any money, right? So oh, yeah. you can go out and start a graphic design business or, uh, uh, you know, something where you're either selling your time or someone else's time or, or a consultancy or be a business coach or whatever. But the, when I first discovered Amazon, someone said to me, you should look at selling products because when you sell a physical product, um, that product can sit on a shelf somewhere and sell 24 uh, seven. You do the development work once and you get paid over and over. And I, I really hadn't grasp the gravity of that until I started to get a bit older and started thinking, man, I don't want to keep working selling my time or somebody else's. At the time I was living in LA, I had an animation company. We did work for one third of the Fortune 500 companies in America. Um, and, sorry, Fortune 100 companies. So we did, you know, really a, um, had a really good business, um, but we were selling time and services. So I loved that idea. And then when I saw the, the growth of Amazon and I saw the business system that they'd set up where you could send your stuff into Amazon's fulfillment centers uh, and Amazon would warehouse them, ship them and all that, I was like, this is a real lifestyle business because I knew I didn't want to remain in LA. I wanted to come back here to Australia and live on the beach. Um, so it sort of caught my attention and I didn't have to build the website, didn't have to get the customer and so on. And the flip side is super competitive. I'm happy to dive into that in a moment. But from a business model point of view, the idea of piggybacking on the most trafficked e-com site in the world and have them handle all the, the sticky bits uh, was super, super appealing and being able to do it from anywhere and sell to their global customer base, which is the largest on the planet. And do you, do you foresee this ever changing or is this something you're going to write out for the unforeseeable future? Oh, no, it's, Amazon is always changing. It's getting more and more competitive. 
Um, fortunately, human beings are mostly fairly dumb and predictable. Um, and I'll, I'll get into what I mean by that in a minute. I mean, I don't think people are dumb, but, but, but most people are inexperienced and don't want to do the work. And if you do the work, there's always opportunity. If you're prepared to stretch yourself, there's always opportunity. If you're prepared to be contrarian, there's always opportunity. And right now there are screaming opportunities all over Amazon because it's just dominated by a copycat mentality rather than an innovation mentality. And if people innovate in any business, Amazon or any business, they will do well. That's what the world is craving. So interesting point you kind of bring up there because I myself, so when I left, you know, my whole, my whole journey, I started up a service business Mm. and it's, it's crazy. You bring that up. It's definitely seems like, it's definitely a little harder to get a foot, to get a hold, and then to replicate it. Um, do you think service is dying? What, or what do, you, what do you think? What would you recommend to like an entrepreneur? Look, I don't think service is dying. It's just that your inventory is human. So let's say you become a consultant. You can charge X amount an hour, but once those hours are sold, you're done. So the next thing you do is you hire other people to do the work, but then you have to manage the human, <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to put the human in a chair. You have to, so it's very tough to be free when there's a lot of humans. In your very business. unpredictable, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, they're expensive. They're unpredictable. I used to joke that I called them mobile cash burning machines because they walk around and they, they cost money, you know, and they, and I have, a, you know, quite a few employees today, but, but not the earnings from my employees today per employee are ridiculous compared to most traditional businesses. So um, services is just the case of selling time and, and that's okay, but it's hard to be free. And if you if you're time, if you want to be free, then products just seems to me a more logical way to do it. Set up five products that make a grand a month. There's five grand a month from five products that just sit there selling over and over and over 24 seven. All of our Australian students, we have a lot of Aussie students here because that's where we're based. We get up in the morning, we check our phone, and on the phone there, we open the Amazon seller app, and while we're asleep, you Americans have been buying from us. And we get US dollars, we get a 30% pay bump because the Aussie dollar is 30, 30% weaker. Um, it's a dream come true. And we get to sell to 320 million Americans when we live in a country of 25 million people. So up until these kinds of opportunities, we were confined to this little country, and now we, can, we just see America as the... Charlie and the chocolate factory of the Willy Wonka chocolate factory of entrepreneurship. And most Americans don't really, they take it for granted. But oh. um, when I went over there, I worked my ass off when I set up my animation company um, and just smashed it because it was just such an, a, a screaming opportunity to be in America when everyone's going, Oh, America's gone to hell and America's no good. I'm like, wake up everyone. You guys are in the most insane time to be in business and the best country in the world to be in business. You're really onto something here. I, I see. I see what you're doing here. You you came here. You did what you had to, and then kind of went back to the home country. And but I mean that you know the circumstances are there. They're present. Why can't anybody else you know take advantage of that? Or you know, there's it's definitely it's open, right? I mean, it's it is. 100%. And I I just came over. I didn't know your laws. Didn't know C corps, S corps, LLCs. I didn't know any of that, and I didn't know anybody. I just came in and worked my butt off and um, a lot of my American friends are like, man, I haven't seen anybody work as hard as you. And I'm like, that's because I'm an immigrant <laughs> you know? and we don't take for granted what you guys think is normal. It's uh, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. And, and coming in here, kind of not really having much, did you just connect with people and then hire people to do all these things? 
Yeah, well, actually, I went to networking events. Every Saturday in Los Angeles, there was a men's networking breakfast down in Santa Monica mm -hmm. that I got invited to. I went every week, made friends, stuck my hand out, said hello. And then I hired people off Craigslist to work for me. And, um, and I just hustled from one person to a business that I sold and did really well off and then, you know, came back to Australia. So America is an unbelievable place. It's just incredible. I, I didn't know people still hired people off Craigslist. <laughs> I didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, it's like uh, hiring from Craigslist. I wonder what that's for, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, your book, so Primed, Your Guide to Building a Thriving Amazon Business. Uh, this was something that uh, it definitely came out of the inspiration, right, of, of what you started doing. Yeah, it came out of my own story because while I was uh, running the animation company, I started my anima I started my Amazon business just as a side hustle. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to see if I could do it. I didn't want to set the world on fire. I thought, man, if I could make five to 10 grand a month extra, that'd be sweet. Nice. So I started this little side hustle with one product in home and kitchen. Well, what, uh, what was it? China. Um, I can't say because everybody oh. copied me if I tell it because they still sell it. Oh, so, okay, okay. I, uh, yeah, anyway, so I, I got this one product from China. I put my own brand on it. I shipped it into Colorado directly from China into one of Amazon's fulfillment centers. And I screwed around for like four or five months, not knowing what I was doing, not really making any money. Then I dialed it in and got it working. And for six months onwards, uh, it started making 15 grand a month in sales. And that grew to 50,000 a month off that first product. And then I was like, holy crap, you know, what if I had five products and 10 products? And what if I could sell into Amazon in Europe? Um, you know, today one of our students does 20 million US a year, but only 5% of it comes from Amazon America, all the rest he does in Europe. So I thought maybe I could sell in Europe. And so then it grew and grew. And then I had six figure months uh, as a side hustle on Amazon. And then people were like, dude, how do you do that thing? So I wrote the book Primed and said, well, basically that's, that's my story. And then I built a course because people say, how do you do the, how do you actually do the nitty gritty? And then I built a course and that course is now one of the most successful on the planet in teaching people how to do it in a smart way, not in a, um, you know, we tell people you need a, a few dollars. You can't start with a thousand bucks. You need five or 10 grand. You need to do it properly and you need to be really careful and diligent in your research and you need to innovate. And, and, there, and we, we go into that in detail, but that's where the, our students have been so successful. To put it in perspective, we have 8,000 students today. And they've done around $500 million. Now, we know that because we own a piece of software that actually connects to their seller accounts. So actually, that's real tracking. So if you average that out, not all of them are live. In fact, probably half of them aren't live yet on Amazon. But let's say they were all live. If you divide 8,000 into half a million, that's $62,500 per student that has bought our program in sales. That's if they were all live and probably only half of them are. So when you look at other courses in the market, most people just quit. They don't even make a dollar. Whereas ours, the average is over 60 grand US, which is just nuts, you know, when you think about it. How do you feel though about like the Amazon fees and stuff? Because I've experimented, I've tried selling, but the fees were just eating us away. Yeah, we kind of yeah, have so Fees are relative to innovation, right? So if your, if your product is fairly similar to everyone else's product, then you have to charge fairly similar to everybody else. Right? Therefore, the fees become rel rel very important. Whereas if you've innovated in a small way and separated yourself somehow, you can easily just get a small premium. So we teach people to sell in-demand products, number one. Number two, use Zonguru, a piece of software that actually tracks it, zonguru.com. You can actually put that in as a Chrome browser and it will 
when you're browsing Amazon, you push a button and it tells you how much each product on that page is making per month in sales. Instantly. That, that's an actual thing you could just look up and yeah. search? Yeah, just go to zonguru.com. You can install that software. And then all of a sudden, when you're looking at Amazon, now you're seeing a whole different picture because you're seeing what people are making, not just what's on the page. So you look up, so first, sell things that are in demand. Number two, sell things that have a gas factor. Gas factor stands for give a shit, things that people care about. So, you know, people care about their purchase. They're going to be prepared to pay a little extra if they like what you're offering. And the third thing is you need to identify a gap in the market. So look at the competition that's there and clearly identify a gap. And the way that you want to stand out is visually, not in like it's, a millimeter thicker or it's, it'll, you've got a lifetime guarantee or you've thrown in some extra little thing, actually visually differentiate. So the first photo they see, they go, holy smokes, that is so cool. And they can see the difference from the very first photo. Uh, how is it out there? Huh? I, I've always thought about maybe one day even moving out there or visiting. Australia is, I live here because I've traveled the world and I honestly think it's, it's the best country for living. Um, my business partner is actually Polish, so <laughs> Polish people love it out here. You guys are great yes. people, um, but no, it's, it's a very it's a, it's one of the highest standards of living on the planet. Um, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. And did you know what you were going to do? Because it kind of sounds like you you know you bounced around from thing to thing. Was there is there still that one thing that you're now like you know what I'm slowly getting towards that real passion thing that maybe wasn't ever making money. Is that thing coming up soon or, or is it? Already, oh, I'm doing that. Now. I'm doing that now. For, up until now, I really was bouncing around a lot, but um, I, I, this is, this will be probably my last um, businesses um, that I'll have. Um, I've had 21 companies prior to these ones that I own today. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most of them crashed and burned. So <laughs> and that's the truth. You know, I had to say that, you know, that's what they pay me for. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, you know, this one I'm in now is definitely the one that's been the most fulfilling um, on, on several fronts, you know. So we, we do a lot of charity work and different things now as well. So it's really cool. Yeah. And it's definitely something that caught my eye. You, uh, you provided 10,000 interest-free loans to entrepreneurs in third world countries? Yeah, almost. We're approaching 10,000. So every course that we sold... Um, from day one, we did a micro loan to an entrepreneur in a third world country. So interest-free loan to help them start a clothing store, a food store, or buy a motorbike mm -hmm. for delivery business or something. Um, so we've done uh, nearly 10,000 of those. And we also um, uh, have partnered with the John Fawcett Foundation in Indonesia, uh, where for uh, you know, a relatively small sum of money, there's 4 million people in Indonesia that are blind needlessly. Um, oh, wow. um, they can be fixed with a simple cataract surgery. So I went and did this uh, myself. I went to a hospital and actually experienced people getting their eyesight restored, mm -hmm. little kids that had never seen their parents and things like that. And when you see that, it just really moves you. So we got involved with them two years ago, and now we're one of their largest donors. Just recently, we gave them a $265,000 check to buy a third mobile eye surgery clinic. So it's basically a truck fitted out with all the microsurgical ophthalmology gear to actually do surgeries. They've got two of them now. They've done about... 60,000 surgeries in those two vans. We just bought a third one for them so they can 50% increase their capacity. So yeah, we really love that, that side. And so we have, our mission is really to teach people to A, build businesses to take care of their, themselves and their family and then have, 
profits and do something meaningful with the profits, whatever that is for you to, yeah, to create a social enterprise. And that's uh, Moose has made a guest appearance in today's episode. You might have heard, uh, you might have heard the dog, heard the dog in the back. That's good old Moose. Yeah. I love it. He likes likes to make an appearance once in a while. (laughs) Great. How do you, uh, why do you think it's so important now? It's definitely something, there's been a trend, you know, a lot of people uh, make their businesses not just for profit and not just not for profit businesses, but a for purpose business, kind of like meeting the two sides in the middle. And it sounds like that's something you're definitely uh, a big proponent of over here. And how, how important do you f- uh, feel that is? I, I, look, I think the Trumpian 80s are long behind us now, you know, where people are inspired by the generation, whatever we're up to now, what is it, X or Y or something? Um, the next generation coming through. Yeah, the, but the young, the young kids today, they cop a lot of flack, you know. But the, the one thing about them is they are very uh, socially and ecologically aware. And I think we're evolving slightly to realise that money doesn't necessarily bring happiness on its own. So by creating a company that, um, that is doing something bigger in the world, you are able to inspire your employees, you're able to inspire your customers, and you get a, a, a whole different level of brand loyalty and uh, uh, stakeholder loyalty. Um, so I, you know, I spoke with the United Nations about two years ago to a group of business leaders about this, and I said to them, you know, it's, it's, it's not a cost on your balance sheet it's actually an investment we 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 believe that by giving we actually increase our sales decrease our refund rates people just like and trust you a whole lot better um when they see you doing good shit in the world that's uh that's actually very interesting you bring that up because normally i think of the customers you know the customers will love you they will love you but your own employees might actually want to work for you and back up your business right and stand by it hundred percent. I mean, a company is nothing more than a collection of people who assemble under your brand. Um, so if those people are believers, then they are the people that touch your customers day to day. They talk to them, they interact with them. And um, if they believe in you, not, not, I believe in you because you're paying my rent. I believe in you because you're making a difference. You're a good human. There is a qualitative experiential difference between a, an employee that just turns up to Taco Bell and gets his five bucks an hour an employee that turns up somewhere that's making a difference in the world, even if the money was the same. So say there's someone, someone out there listening, just like me, uh, like I was a few years back and I'm sitting there cringing, you know, in my cubicle shaking, uh, literally at the edge of my seats, you know, contemplating life and death and uh, just life in general. And entrepreneurism was the answer after I went on a life changing trip. For me, it was, what would you tell that person? though that's debating whether or not this is for them. Oh, look, I mean, I think you've just got to take account of what you want to experience in your life um, and, you know, and, and really take account of your life. Like I, I show a slide when I do presentations quite often, which has, you know, eight rows of 10. So 10 crosses, 10 crosses, 10 crosses, 10 crosses, etc., all the way down. And then I leave the, the fourth and fifth rows with ticks in them. And I say to them, this is a human life. Each one of those squares is a year of our lives. It is a definitive time that we're on planet Earth. And if you haven't got it done by the time you're 40 and you don't want to be working in your 70s and 80s, you cross all those boxes out. You've just got this little sliver of two lines of crosses that are in question that you've got to get it done. 
So if you want to experience certain things, jobs just don't afford that. You can't go on a, a, a two-month, um, you know, a vacation or go to New York and and just spend two or three months in New York City going to all your favorite art galleries and trying out all the best restaurants in the city if you've got a job. You, just, you can't afford it and you haven't got the time. Um, you can't go and, you know, you, for, for your life, you're going to be resigned to shitty bulk bus trips with, with, uh, with people rather than real experiences of spending time with locals and drinking in the culture and all of that stuff. It's always, you're always going to have this anchor over your head of, I've got to be back in two weeks or I've got to be back in a week to work. Um, whereas entrepreneurship affords you quite a bit more freedom than that. You know, you could actually go and work in, you know, Ubud, Bali next to the monkey forest for three months and be living and working and doing that. Um, so that's what's cool about entrepreneurship. There is trade-offs, you know, it's more consistent. The work, you, you're always working, but you can do it from wherever. So you really got to soul search as to what, what you want to do with this one dance around the sun um, and, then, and then make a decision, you know, that's it. That's an interesting way of looking at it because um, it's definitely not always the freedom that you imagine, right? I mean, I'm sure it took you a while before you actually was a, were able to kind of enjoy any of those nice benefits, yeah, right? It is, but also sometimes people sort of like the elephant analogy, you know, they, they, you know, they, they train baby elephants by putting a steel stake in the ground with spikes on the inside of the bit, the bracelet. So if they pull, it hurts straight away. And then as the elephant becomes bigger, they just put a cricket stump or like a little tent pick in the ground and, and a rope and, and the elephant could easily walk off, but it's trained now not to pull on that rope. Um, so a lot of people, it doesn't, they don't seriously ask the question, yeah. how could I, for example, with what you're doing with your podcast, what's to stop me doing this for the next three months from Ubud or from the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico? Or sometimes we just don't even imagine and we don't even allow ourselves to try figure out a better a question. Like Tony Robbins says, the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our questions. So we've got to learn to ask better questions, bolder questions, braver questions, questions that force us to become more than what we are now in order to achieve them. And I think a lot of times people don't, they just stay within the confines of what they believe to be their, their reality, but there's just so much more sitting there and the, te the tent pick in the ground's not even real. Hmm. Oh, that is, that is interesting, good stuff. Adam Hudson, everybody, uh, at reliable.education or facebook.com forward slash reliable education academy as well as adam underscore hudson underscore official at on instagram and now it's on to our listeners favorite segments of the show welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken so next step the next part we have five seconds exactly to uh, initiate an answer well you do you do this is all on you all the pressure is on you i'm gonna throw some curveballs at you i don't i don't know what you already know about this show but we're, uh, we're about to go one, one, uh, zero to 100. So without further ado, my producer lurks in the background as well. And if, if, you, uh, if you drag too long in one of your answers, he comes out. And uh, <laughs> we, we don't want to deal with him. And is that no, the it's, it, it's not Moose. It is not Moose. <laughs> He's he battling ninjas that are trying to invade the house. He's uncontrollable. He's uncontrollable. <laughs> <clears throat> serious face what is your favorite book Shantaram I don't think I ever heard of that it's a it's not a business book it's a novel 
What is the favorite movie? Oh, goodness. Uh, Meet Joe Black. <laughs> You're stranded on an island. What is the one item you want with you? Not a person. Oh, wow. Uh, my telephone so I can call someone. <laughs> I hope you got great reception out there. <laughs> really do. How do you drink your coffee? Decaffeinated almond milk, no sugar. You know, this question, this question was a must. Every Australian loves their coffee from what I hear. So this is like one of those, like, I'm speaking to Australian. I know I need this question in there. <laughs> Hands down. Decaffeinated, huh? Yeah, I, I don't do have you have you become sensitive or? Yeah, I suffered from anxiety and panic attacks for a number of years. And part of my recovery was the abolition of uh, caffeine. So I do not indulge in caffeine anymore. It makes me anxious. Same here, actually. I have to limit it myself. What is the one item you consume every day? It's something you could drink, eat, or you just have it on you, on your person. But it makes you, you. You can't go a day without it. Chocolate. Ooh. Dark, dark or milk? Uh, at the moment, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying some licorice-infused uh, chocolate. Licorice-infused. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> if you had an unlimited amounts of money right now and you could start up any, any business you wanted, what would it be? I not, really, not yours. Not yours. Not yours. <laughs> I, I, I would buy commercial real estate and just be the be the landlord. I, I do, do not want any more businesses. <laughs> safe. Yeah, that's a, it's a safe, safe bet. If, uh, if I had a serious meeting with, if I had a meeting with you right now, a business meeting, and I walked in with socks and sandals, would you take me seriously? I would probably hear you out for five minutes. And in that five minutes, I'd be able to ascertain. Uh, I, I would, I would listen to you for five minutes and just say, I mean, I'd listen to anyone for five minutes. So yeah, I would until, it wouldn't be the socks that would put me off. It'd be what happens in the first five minutes of conversation. Good. And we're trying to get a new nickname for my fellow back here, my fellow little bulldog. Do you have a nickname you'd like to give him to see if it sticks? Maybe we'll use wow. it next, next episode. Um, so far, Sparkles, I think, is in the running, runner, uh, running. And, uh, well, when I, was in, when I was in Hollywood, in the animation company, we had a Boston Terrier. And that looks a little like a Boston Terrier. And I love this dog. And the dog's name was Goza, like out of Ghostbusters. And uh, so I think, I think Goza's kind of cool. Goza. I like that. I like that. There's definitely some potential there. All right, Adam. <laughs> You're there. I'm here. Producer didn't come out. Moose caught all the ninjas, so we're safe. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was uh, interesting. How do you feel about entrepreneurism? Lastly, is that a fad or are you? I love entrepreneurism. I, entre no, entrepreneurship is, is my, I, it's the only thing I'd want to do in my life, but it's also the hardest thing I've done in my life. It's probably a bit like kids. They're the hardest and the best. Apparently I don't have them, but I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen plenty. I've seen plenty yeah. to the point where I'm not, I don't know anything anymore, but uh, Adam Hudson of Reliable Education, or everybody that's reliable.education. Check out his website. Check out his Amazon uh, course, right? You have a whole whole uh, mastermind uh, behind it, right? What is What do you call it exactly? Um, uh, you know, we have masterminds all over the world now. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it's just part of what we do. 
And uh, the, the mic is yours, Adam. Any closing thoughts? Uh, it's, it's all yours. Well, uh, for those listening, just wishing you all the very best with your journey wherever you are. Um, ask better questions, dream big, and uh, keep going forward with, with what you want to do. You know? So that's basically it. Love it. Ask better questions. I hope that wasn't directed towards me. awesome adam it's uh been a pleasure definitely looking forward to seeing uh you know your next steps on the journey thanks that is all for this episode of bossed to boss your next step is to visit bossedtoboss.com where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step again that is bossed the number two boss And remember, the time is now.